Welcome back, Opinionators. This is In My Opinionation. I am your host, Mallory, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, as always, Eric and Jen. Hi, guys. Hi. Opinionators, it's sticking. Yeah. Mm. I want to make it a thing. Do it. I like it. So this is your weekly Blossom podcast. This week, we're looking at Season 2, Episode 11, You Can't Go Home. It aired on December 2nd, 1991. It was written by Portia Iverson and directed by Zane Busby. Zane, Zane Busby. Busby! Yeah. So a quick synopsis. Blossom and Six fantasize about their single parents falling in love until it might actually happen. Meanwhile, Tony helps an old woman remember who she is. So I don't have any trivia for this. I do have a little bit about our guest stars, but mm-hmm. we can get to it when we get to it. Do you guys have any? I was the same. Just the guest stars. Yeah. Great. All right. <laughs> so we'll jump right into our blah, 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 breakdown. Yep. <laughs> so we start with our cold open. Blossom and Joey are playing Scrabble and Joey plays the word Krelbo for a triple <laughs> word score. And Blossom pushes back. You know, Krelbo is not a word, but Joey insists that it is. And he defines it as the other side of your elbow. So the inside part. Mm-hmm. And if Blossom doesn't believe him, she should ask a doctor. So I did what any normal person would do in this situation. <laughs> and I looked it up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Unsurprisingly, the only dictionary with the word Krelbo in it is Urban Dictionary. <laughs> there are four entries three of which define Krelbo the same way Joey does as the inside of your elbow. And one even cites Joey. Yep. Wow. It it lists that Joey talks about it on Blossom. And the fourth defines Krelbo as when your elbow becomes crusty. Ew. Right? (laughs) Don't like like that. that. No. No. But I do like it for the inside of your elbow because it's like a crevice. Plus, you want to know what the actual term for that is that I found? What is it? Medial epicondyle of the humerus. You know what's better? Krelbo. Yeah, you found the like scientific yeah. term. Like I'm sure elbow has some scientific term that I don't know yeah. what it is. Yeah, let's I'm I'm gonna go through the rest of my life using the word Krelbo. I hope you guys mm-hmm. do too. <laughs> For sure. So Blossom and Joey begin arguing about the validity of the word Krelbo when Tony rushes in. He's super excited. He just picked up his first celebrity in the ambulance. And he can't say who it is, but if Blossom and Joey happen to guess, that would be fine. (laughs) So he gives them a hint that she's an actress, to which Joey says, male or female. Oh, Joey. Oh, Joey. And Tony gives a further hint that this woman was on Family Ties and her initials are JB. It was Justine Bateman. Mm -hmm. Now, I have to point out that the character that Justine played on Family Ties was named Mallory. Mm -hmm. And there was a running gag of her boyfriend showing up and going, Hey, Mallory, welcome to my childhood, you guys. Aw, can I start doing that to you? No. Hey, Mallory. <laughs> like, anytime someone learned my name, that was what they did. Hey, Jen, you should say it right now. Hey, Mallory. Thanks, guys. I'm going to clip all of these and then just send you individual things of this. You oh, hell yeah. <sighs> <sighs> Why? Love it. So... Yeah. So so Blossom asks what happened to Justine. Why did Tony need to pick her up in the ambulance? And Tony explains that she was being chased out of a poetry reading, the perils of being a celebrity, you guys. And she fell and hurt her arm right between her wrist and her crelbo and we're into the opening credits. <laughs> I will say, so as just a side job, a couple of summers, um, we have a music festival here where I live and my husband was tapped in to be a driver to take artists to and from the airport and mm-hmm. whatnot. So he would 
absolutely do this thing that Tony did. He said, technically, I'm not allowed to tell you who I drove, but here's a vague understanding of where they come from. And maybe if I hum a tune, that sort of sounds like the song they did that one time. (laughs) Now I can tell you the story of the shenanigans. (laughs) Yeah, I think I've heard some of those stories. You have. (laughs) So scene one, we're in the Riso's bathroom, which I must say is massive. It has two sinks, which is my dream. I know. Yep. Oh my God. I really want two sinks. <laughs> and Nick is teaching Joey how to shave. Now, Eric, as the only male here, I need to ask you, is 16 a little late to be learning how to shave? Because it felt late. It depends. Like some, some guys don't, you know, get facial hair till ever. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't even remember. I didn't do this with my dad. I'm pretty sure. He just told me like I, I'd been going to a barber most of my life. So it was sort of just, you know, done in front of me. So I sort of knew. Yeah. But I think by this time, 16, did I have a little wispy mustache at that point? I assume I did like this wispy one right now. But um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like I started shaving in elementary school. Like just as yeah. like, because it's one of the first things that happens in puberty, right? You get like random hair in random places and you're just like, how do I get rid of this hair? Hairs where there wasn't hair before. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I yeah. I asked my husband too because he walked in while I was watching the scene, and I was like, "Did you do this with your dad?" And he said, "No, my dad just got me an electric shaver because I guess that's what his dad uses." So like, it was just here's your shaver. I got the the foam and a razor, and they're like, "Here, go. Be, be just careful. go." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I asked him about it, and so I was like asking him like, "How old were you?" and we were talking about it. I'm like, you know, like boys start going through puberty probably around like 11, 12. And he was like, oh, yep. yeah, like what I have been shaving before, like, I don't know, going not necessarily going to school, but like grade six, maybe. Yeah. Grade seven, eight. He was like, yeah, yeah, definitely. I was shaving in, in grade seven, eight. So 16 just felt like Joey's been shaving for a while. And all of a sudden now we're doing I don't know. But look yeah. at his face. It's so baby ish. Maybe he doesn't grow hair or maybe he just shaves it. <laughs> yeah, fair. So. Yeah, Joey explains that he's nervous about this history paper he has to write. It's called I Am Richard Nixon, and it was assigned months ago, and it's due in two days. And of course, he hasn't started writing it yet. I find it very bizarre that they were given the title of their essays. Like a topic seems Mm -hmm. normal, but a full title seems weird. I remember in high school, there being things like this where we would get like a general assignment and then the title of the assignment, but you could like add subtitles to it if you wanted to. Oh, Yeah. Or maybe the assignment is here's your title come up with whatever the hell you want to mm. make this valid. We did that in English class. Like it was like you take a Shakespeare character and then be like, this is the title. Yeah. Come up with what, you know, huh. comes on, comes afterwards. Yeah. Like a creative writing as opposed to a history assignment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think I ever had that. <laughs> we had a creative writing class and one of the assignments was he would just be like, here's a picture. Tell me a story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can see that in creative in creative writing. But yeah, this mm-hmm. history assignment. It, it might not be, though. That, like The title might be, use your imagination. He said it was a history paper. <laughs> yeah, but Joey Dom. Joey's Dom. I've had weird history ta- uh, papers where you have to write about a single person from mm-hmm. that person's perspective. Okay. That, okay. I guess I just never did this. I did that in university. I wrote a screenplay where it was four different authors sitting down and having dinner and you had to write in their own styles the way they wrote mm, that's fun that's pretty cool it was really fun <laughs> that sounds that's like nice. a really cool assignment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So Nick sarcastically quips that Joey has given himself an extra day. And Joey responds that, yeah, you know, he hates to work under pressure. (laughs) Nick finally hands Joey his own razor to try shaving. And Joey just starts going at it, swiping at his face really weirdly. And he's super excited because he's getting a really smooth shave. And it is here that Nick instructs Joey to remove the plastic guard from the razor. Mm -hmm. But that's how you teach someone. You leave the guard on and you go. Here's the motion. Yeah, Yeah, but he wasn't even doing a nice motion. He was was just like... He was being Joey. Like, uh, there was a point where he definitely moved it sideways. Like, he would have just sliced his face (laughs) open. (laughs) So then we cut to Blossom's room. Blossom and Six are dancing, doing this full-out routine. They start with some hip-hop. They move into a little tap, albeit without tap shoes and on some Mm -hmm. carpet, but it's still pretty good. Mm -hmm. And the phone rings. It's Six's mom. Blossom gets back to dancing as Six starts talking on the phone. Six asks her mom if she can stay over, but her mom wants her to come home right away. And Six argues that she and Blossom were just in the middle of their homework. And then she has this fake conversation with Blossom where she kind of holds the phone away from her mouth and says, no, Blossom, I think the number, the answer to number five is an isosceles triangle. (laughs) So Six's mom doesn't buy it, telling her, quit dancing, get home now. Six begrudgingly grabs her things, saying that she could talk her mom into letting her stay over, but she feels bad leaving her mom at home since her dad left. And, you know, Blossom's like, well, doesn't your mom have friends? And Six says, no, she, her dad got the friends and her mom got Six and the dog, but the dog ran away. That's such a real, like, when you have mutual friends, Mm -hmm. or like, if you are the mutual friend and a couple breaks up, like, that's Mm -hmm. such a real thing what do you do (laughs) like how do you stay friends with both of them and not take sides and make anyone mad so awkward well and especially after like you assume that her parents have been married for years right Mm -hmm. like you would have built a whole like friend group isn't six like the youngest one too out of her i think so family yeah i think i think i feel like they gave her siblings like that we hear about but like they Mm wrecked on it later and she's an only child? Single child. Yeah. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, because I don't think we ever see or hear about any siblings after. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. So, so Six tells Blossom that her and her mom put an ad in the newspaper and signs around the neighborhood and even offered a reward, but not for the dog, for their dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> but seriously, she says, you know, her dad has an apartment, but he hasn't filed for divorce yet. Why hasn't Six's mom filed for divorce? Like, you don't need to just wait for the other person. Well, yeah. it's probably, you know, denial, maybe. Maybe. There's, and we see a little bit of that when she's talking to Nick, right? Yeah. 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 So Six says that she, she hates this kind of limbo of her parents not being fully di- divorced yet. And Boss agrees, saying that she didn't believe her parents were going to separate until the final uh, papers came. And then Blossom gets a brilliant idea. They should invite Six's mom over to the Russos for dinner. After all, her dad has been through a divorce, so their parents have something to talk about. And then the girls start discussing how great it would be, and they sort of spiral into this fantasy of, of how great it would be if their parents started to date and fell in love and got married and they were sisters and they would share all their clothes. They already do that. They would share a room, arguably already do that based on how often Six sleeps over. Yeah, right. And Blossom could borrow Six's mom's makeup and Six might see uh, Joey naked. You know, like a like a good old fashioned sister and brother relationship. Just like that Joey uh, fantasy from last week where he's like, oh, hey, stepsister. I'm like, oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh. No, thanks. So they decide to split up. Blossom will get permission from her dad. Six will go invite her mom for dinner. And they head out of Blossom's room saying goodbye each other to each other and 
calling each other sis. They're so excited. They're just Ugh. so excited. Famous last word. Right? So down in the Russo's kitchen, Nick is making tomato sauce and Buzz is telling him how to make the tomato sauce. Uh. And I do want to point out, after last week's cookbook on the burner debacle, <laughs> that Nick here is being very responsible and he has the mm-hmm. book safely off to the side and not on a burner. He does. I noticed that too. Yeah. Now, is this island the proper sized island, Jen? <laughs> so, because I'm the expert. No. So from what I have seen... For the last few weeks, at least, they have kept the size the same. So it's on one side are the burners and then they have a little bit of counter. And that has not seemed to change. The way they interact with it is still very questionable, clearly. But I think they've landed on what they want that fucking thing to look like. Right. (laughs) And I feel better for it, I have to say. I think it's been it's been pretty stable since season two, right? Like most of the changes were in season one. There were a few changes in season two, but yeah, definitely for the at least the past four episodes or so. I think right. we're they've landed on something. Yeah. So Buzz tries to add some cayenne pepper to the sauce and Nick just whacks his hand with the spoon or the wooden spoon. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Yep. Um, Buzz then takes a jab at Nick saying cayenne pepper is said to help with masculinity. So Nick should put it on his cereal. Gross, Buzz. Gross. Can I? Okay, so I was like, I need to see if this is a real thing that people think or if Buzz is just being an asshole. Guys. It's a real thing? Can I tell you? Oh. So, uh, really weird trying to look this up, by the way. (laughs) So, yes, apparently, whether it is real or not, cayenne pepper is believed to be something of an aphrodisiac for men. Do you want to hear some of the bullshit theories as to why? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Eric's like, so I can try it later. I don't need masculinity. (laughs) I'm secure in mine. Yeah, boy, get it. So some of the thoughts are cayenne and spicy foods in general help with help with blood flow. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So makes sense. The thought is if all of the blood in your circulatory system is moving better and you focus that energy to a particular area, Mm -hmm. it's effective. How many people do you think in history have put cayenne pepper on their penis? (laughs) Don't do that. I'm not going to. Too many people have done it. I can tell you right now, if there's a stupid thing to be done with a penis, people have done it. (laughs) That's true. Because maybe, just in case. Yep, yep, yep. There's also (laughs) another bullshit theory about spicy food giving people an endorphin release. And if you're already happy, maybe your dick will be too. I don't know. (laughs) I do like spicy food, so. And I have three children. (laughs) Calm yourself, Eric. This is not the podcast. So you're saying if I went on Hot Ones. I would be super masculine. If you went on hot ones, you would have a fourth (laughs) child. Yes. Do you think that's why they just shoot from the waist up on hot ones? Yes. They just had too many incidents. Yes. And just like, we can't air this otherwise. (laughs) We need to invite Sean Evans onto the podcast and ask him about this. Yeah. So is Buzz an asshole? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Is this also a thing that people apparently believe? Also, yes, because penis theory is rampant. (laughs) 
penis theory. Get it together, oh society. <laughs> All right. Well, so before Nick can murder Buzz, <laughs> Blossom walks into the kitchen. And while Nick is distracted talking to Blossom, Buzz adds that cayenne to the sauce. <laughs> oh, I missed that. Yep. Blossom asks Nick for permission to invite Six and her mom over for dinner. She explains that Mrs. Lemire is new to the whole divorce thing, and Nick agrees that it would be a good idea for her to spend some time with an old divorce pro. (laughs) Do with that what you will. Nick happily agrees to have them over for dinner, and Blossom heads out. So Buzz then asks how long the Lemires have been separated. Nick says three months, and Buzz gets all excited about this nice, fresh divorcee. Nick? He lays down the law, telling Buzz he has to behave and not hit on Mrs. Lemire. Buzz is offended. How dare Nick think that he would do anything like that? There's no one more sensitive than the old buzzard. (laughs) We smash cut to dinner where Buzz is asking Mrs. Lemire how it feels to sleep in that big old bed all by herself. What a class act. Right? Ew. And we finally meet Mrs. Lemire. Mm -hmm. Yay! Fashion sense, just like right? her daughter. Yes. Sharon Lemire is played by Gail Edwards. She mm-hmm. appears in a total of 10 episodes, all as Six's mom, so no double casting here. Yay. At the same time, she also appeared in 18 episodes of Full House as yep. Danny Tanner's love interest, Vicky Larson. Oh. Yeah. And before... Aunt Vicky? And what? Not not Aunt Vicky, sorry. The, his... Uh... Doesn't he marry her eventually? No, they're, I think they almost do. But she does show up in the in Fuller, House. in Fuller House and they kind of like reconnect. So before Blossom, she did a bunch of guest starring roles on different TV shows before starring in It's a Living from 1980 to 1989. And after Blossom and Full House ended, she retired from acting, acting and that cameo on Fuller House was her first time back in front of the camera did you guys ever watch steven spielberg's amazing stories no what neither of you no no i guess i'm i'm older than you guys she was in (laughs) one of those episodes and she was very good at it yeah she's she's i mean she's good here too like she she it's it's always interesting when tv shows cast parents after the kids like in this situation Mm -hmm. where this actress has to come in and look at six the character of six and say like okay how can i be like the adult version of that because this kid has to have gotten this somewhere and she does she does a fantastic job did you know that she also after graduating from university she wrote produced and starred in the off-broadway musical becoming before it moved to broadway oh cool i don't know this musical Mm, it's an old one it's not very popular okay (laughs) (laughs) that's really cool though Mm -hmm. so back to the scene Nick throws Buzz under the bus saying that his behavior is not a medical condition. He's just like that. And Sharon kind of giggles and said it's okay. Six tries to change the subject, asking Joey how his assignment's going. And Joey says it's in the toilet, which Nick says is fitting because it's just like Nixon's career. Yeah. Just then, Tony comes home with a guest. And his guest is this little old woman. He introduces her uh, to the family as Alice. Now, Alice is played by Anne Morgan Gilbert. She had a very long TV and film career. She is very well known for playing Millie Helper in 61 episodes of The Dick Van Dyke Show. Later, she guest starred on a bunch of stuff, including The Partridge Family and episodes Mm -hmm. of the Ghostbusters TV series. Yes, there was a Ghostbusters TV series. Yeah, there was. Mm -hmm. And she was on an episode of Cheers and an episode of Murder, She Wrote. 
after Blossom, she went on to have a recurring role on The Nanny, where she played Grandma Yetta for 56 mm-hmm. episodes. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and she sadly passed away in 2016 at the age of 87. So she had a, a very nice long life. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Tony explains that when he met Alice, she was trying to get him to vote for Eisenhower. Mm-hmm. Eisenhower was the president from... 53 to 61 so it's clear that this woman has some form of dementia or alzheimer's yeah everyone at the table seems to get what's going on except of course joey mm-hmm. nick offers to get alice something to eat blossom asks if anyone's looking for her and alice says she doesn't think so she's not sure why but she doesn't think so tony explains that alice was on her way home from her job at the white house and got lost so tony picked her up in the ambulance and offered to help now joey just can't believe it this is perfect for his paper Nixon was Eisenhower's VP, so of course Alice saw him every day. So Joey runs and grabs his tape recorder and sits beside Alice to interview her. Just then, Nick shows up with some food for for Alice and asks everyone to help him clear the table. Sharon offers to help, and Blossom and Six are just so excited. Clearly, their parents are in love. (laughs) Joey begins to interview Alice. He can't believe she knows Nixon. Tony tries to explain things to Joey without upsetting Alex. And I think Alice, sorry, I think he does a pretty good job. He says mm-hmm. some of what history to us is current events to Alice. Yeah. Um, I was debating whether to talk about this or not. I'll, I'll do it a little bit. Um, so just my grandfather went through this in his last couple of years. And um, there's been a big conversation over the last, I would say, five years or so of how to speak to and how to engage with somebody with dementia or Mm -hmm. Alzheimer's. And I think a lot of the conversation now is going towards just not to correct them if they're talking about something, just, you know, let it let it happen. That's what their brain is doing. And to try to kind of forcibly take them out of that is like embarrassing to them. It could upset them. Like it could actually be traumatizing for them. Like you're only to do that to somebody is only doing it for yourself almost so you can feel good. And that's kind of been the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really cool to see. There's a few instances where people are like, it's 1991, but I thought overall the way they, they wrote the conversations with Alice, you can see a lot of the characters just kind of like, rolling with it yeah i i which was really cool i yeah i completely agree my my grandfather had some dementia as well um i think another thing that a lot of people don't know is that it affects people very differently like not everybody has the same type of thing so like Mm -hmm. my grandfather like he remembered who we all were he he went to like a day program um, and if you asked him about it when he wasn't there, he had no clue. But as soon as he showed up, he was like, oh, yeah, this is where I go. And these are my friends. Like once mm-hmm. he was in that environment. Yeah. Um, but then there was another person that I met once who had Alzheimer's and the way it affected him was like he had no filter. He didn't yeah. know what was appropriate and what wasn't. So yeah. we had yeah. mentioned that I was at acting school and he was like, oh, you should do porn. You'll make lots of money. Like it's just, <laughs> there's no there. was So it's it it does affect people differently. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, my, my my partner's um, grandmother is going through it right now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is a support for us. Like we yeah. mm-hmm. you know, support her with, with, with uh, everything. But there are times when we see moments of, I don't want to say clarity, but like moving towards clarity. And then that's mm-hmm. when people are like, oh, no, this is this is Megan. This is her children. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yes. And then, you know, it'll happen for a while and then it'll go away. But it's a, it's a lot of support. And yeah, knowing yeah. your moments when to, you know. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If I went to go visit him with my mom, then I was Jen. If I went to go visit him alone, I was mom. Like mm-hmm. it was yeah. that sort of, and I was just like, all right, I'm mom today. Cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah you, just, you just roll with it. Yeah. It's- Let's talk about camping when I was seven. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like the idea of like, don't wake up a sleepwalker. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's the same kind of like, don't, you you don't want to shock their system. Right? Yeah. yeah. And like, what's like, what's the point of arguing with them about what year it is? Like, it's not going to change. Anything. It's not going to change mm-hmm. anything. It's just going to make both of you upset. Yeah. I know that got real talks, but no, I figured no, we were going to talk about it at some point. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is obviously a thing that affects, I mean, all we all, we, yeah, all <laughs> yeah. of us here, like it affects a lot of people. And um, I think, yeah, it's important to, it's an important thing to talk about. And I'm, I was, yeah. I was really, I, I mean, I'll talk about it later in my um, score and lesson, but I, I think the way it was handled in this episode was was really really good yeah yeah so so yeah tony tries to explain it to joey and joey says that he gets it but then he asks what that makes geography to alice (laughs) Uh, and tony says what we're all thinking you're an idiot joey (laughs) so joey asks alice for the hot gossip from from the white house and alice says you know nixon thinks they'll put a man on the moon before 1970 but that will never happen For those of you who don't know, it happened in 1969. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Buzz laughs and then asks Alice if she wants to make a bet. And Joey says that he'll take Buzz up on that bet. <laughs> oh, Joey. So we cut to the kitchen. Uh, it seems to be a little bit while later. The The kitchen is completely clean. Uh, Nick and Sharon are in there. Sharon is Mrs. Lemire. And they're just kind of pouring themselves coffee and having a little chat. Sharon thanks Nick for having them over. She says that, you know, she reminisces about her family dinners that she used to have before her husband left. She's clearly upset. Mm -hmm. She explains that she had such a great time that it made her feel really awful. Mm. I I feel so sad sad for her. Human, like just being at that point where like being happy is exactly sushi. Oh my God. She knows. So she understands sadness. She can't yeah. get into the room and hang out with us. No, she okay, goes into the closet and just meows into the void. Like, I don't know what she thinks she's doing. That's Aw, yeah. kitty. Sorry, what were you saying? Ah, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> we're sad. We're sad about Mrs. Lemire. Yes, we're sad about it. Yeah. <laughs> so Nick offers to play the piano and tell a few jokes to get her really depressed. And <laughs> at this point, she's she's barely holding back her tears she says you know divorce is really hard that is a fact (laughs) for everybody involved nick empathizes saying that he felt that way too but things did get better eventually and he did get over it and then sharon launches into this fast talking speech just like her daughter perfect it was it was phenomenal she says she doesn't understand you meet someone you fall in love you fall out of love and you get divorced there's no point to anything we're all just pathetic little microbes clinging to a rock that's spinning through a void spewing pain and misery in every direction until that final moment when you're hurled screaming into the abyss and now we know where Six gets her fast talking from. I yeah. love it. And then she just rage eats a cookie immediately afterwards. Yeah, and they're really good. <laughs> they're really good. <laughs> so th- she she apologizes, saying, you know, almost anything can make her cry these days. And just then Buzz passes through, saying how he's on his way to get the kids some ice cream, which sends Sharon bursting into tears. <laughs> so Sharon tells Nick she doesn't want a Six to see her like that. So... Nick invites her to go out for a cup of coffee so they can just talk things through and, you know, be friends, support each other. Mm, hot coffee. Hot. What? <laughs> I, I, I assume Jen understood that. What am I missing? <laughs> I, 
Okay, I it's one of those things where I know I know, but I need you to explain it right now because I can't remember. I don't really want to. It it it's what it means. You know what it means. Like sexy coffee? It's sexy coffee, yes. Okay. Hot coffee oh. is sexy coffee. It's pretty much that. Is this a reference to something or did you just say it because? No, no, it's a reference. Okay, because it's a pun. Is it a pun? It's a pun, kind of. Uh, I guess. Kind of? I don't, I know. don't want to look it up on the internet because okay. that's just oh, going to bring up a whole lot of other. Yeah, yeah, yeah don't, don't, Google, no. don't Google sexy coffee. Um, <laughs> so It was a mod in, in Grand Theft Auto that was a, a little sex scene and then they just sort of took that. Oh, okay. Off oh, from video there. games. Okay. The things that I definitely know about. It went into popular culture. This video game was like in the mid 2000s. So it was like, it's been a term for a long time. Hmm. You want some hot coffee? <laughs> I've never heard anyone. Uh, okay. You glorious nerd. So <laughs> so Sharon accepts. She kind of throws herself into Nick for a hug. You know, she's just sad. She wants a hug. Just then the girls walk in and see Nick and Sharon in this embrace, and they are completely shocked. So we cut to a little bit later. Blossom and Six are in Blossom's room. Six can't stop pacing. Their parents have been gone for a couple hours, and Six doesn't like that they've been out together for so long. Blossom points out that a few hours ago, Six was really excited about the idea of their parents dating. Mm -hmm. But Six says that a lot of things are great in theory, but not in reality, like bungee jumping or corn nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Corn nuts are delicious. They are. They are. I do like corn nuts. I do. I this this idea that like, yeah, things are great in theory, but like Mm -hmm. it just reminded me a lot of like like four-year-old little girls being really excited to meet like cinderella at disney world but then as soon as they see her and it's a reality that they can go and talk to the person they just like completely shut down like like no 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 no, no, it's real i can't i can't troy barnes meeting lavar burton oh my god yeah (laughs) just going catatonic you can't disappoint butterfly in the sky (laughs) (laughs) set phasers on disappointment (laughs) that's some community talk yeah for all you community fans out there (laughs) so blossom says don't worry it's not a date they just went out for coffee and it's not like her dad is a guy anyways he's probably just talking sharon's ear off and six wonders if it's her ear or her dress that he's talking off six she's definitely spiraling like just completely spiraling She says that Nick's, Nick puts on this father of the year act at home, but when he's out, he's probably this crazed animal. All men are alike, <laughs> just like Jimmy Swaggart, Clarence Thomas, and Richard Simmons. So I knew who Richard Simmons was. <laughs> yeah. He was this very flamboyant aerobics coach who produced a ton of home workout tapes. Yes, tapes. This was before the internet. Mm-hmm. But he was pretty squeaky clean. Who are the other two? Jimmy Swaggart was a televangelist who was embroiled in a bunch of sex scandals <laughs> with prostitutes from the 80s and 90s. And Clarence Thomas is an associate justice of the Supreme Court of the U.S. He's still in this position. But during the confirmation process, law, profe- law professor Anita Hill accused him of sexual harassment. So there was a whole big scandal with that. Okay. So the joke is that there was like these two guys who like seemed to be like upstanding dudes, but were really like dirty old men and also Richard Simmons. Mm. And also Richard Simmons. Yeah. Wow. So Blossom tries to calm Six down. And conveniently, that's when her dad happens to call. (laughs) And we get this series of O's from Blossom, each one getting worse. She hangs up the phone and tells Six that Nick told them not to wait up because they went to Santa Barbara and don't know when they get back. So I wanted to talk about this because having a long coffee 
date to just talk is one thing. This choice to drive, I looked it up an hour and a half away Mm -hmm. to a very touristy, like, beachside. Like, I'm not surprised that they were a little confused as to why they would do that. Yeah. To play devil's advocate, I can see someone, I have had this personally happen to me, where I called a friend and was like, I need to not be at home. Like, I, I, Mm -hmm. things are, something happened. and. We just drove around for a while yeah. talking. So I can see that happening, just like mm-hmm. driving around talking and. Okay. All right. Now I can get that. It just, it seemed very far. Like I can understand the driving around that yeah. I completely get. It's just that seemed like a very specific place for them to choose. Highway talking is really easy, right? When yeah. it's just one mm, way to go true. and you're just like yeah. not thinking about anything else mm. other than talking. And I think also plot wise, Choosing Santa Barbara to make Six spiral more was a very good plot device. Good point. So we're st- we're back in Blossom's bedroom now. Both the girls are pacing. Uh, <laughs> Six says that Nick must have dragged her mom to Santa by Bi- Santa Barbara to practically elope. And Blossom says Six is getting carried away. Her dad is a perfect gentleman. Their parents are just talking. And Nick takes women to Santa Barbara all the time, so it's fine. <laughs> You're not helping. Right? So (laughs) Six immediately switches gears and now is upset that her mom isn't special. You know, like, it's just anything she can get her hands on to be angry about. She's Mm -hmm. going to be angry about it. Yeah. So Blossom says, don't worry. But she also wants to know what time it is. So she's kind of a little worried, too. But trying to hide it for her best friend. Mm -hmm. She suggests, you know, they just go to bed. Six says that Nick is probably using the same line on her mom right now. (laughs) so down in the living room tony buzz and alice are all watching tv buzz is explaining some of the history that alice has missed quote unquote Mm -hmm. you know she doesn't remember and she's shocked that ronald reagan was president (laughs) she's not the only one (laughs) no (laughs) right so she explains that sometimes she remembers things and sometimes she doesn't so it seems that she has like a pretty like she's lucid enough to understand what's happening to her mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it also seems like it's something that's normal enough that it's not scaring her that she's just kind of like this is this is my life and this is yeah you know mm-hmm. that's that's the way it is yeah so buzz start decides to start with something they do know her name and it's here that tony tells us that they're not sure about that either <laughs> there was an alice cooper song on the radio when he picked her up so would she know who alice cooper is but the dj would yeah i think oh. the dj being like this is alice cooper and she was like my name's alice too um, <laughs> so alice says that she knows she used to work in washington and that's great because buzz used to play at a piano bar there called the cat's pajamas what a great name right mm-hmm. and it just so happens that alice was a waitress there and remembers the piano player who looked a lot like buzz mm-hmm. i'm just now wondering is this was this a real place the cat's pajamas Ooh, it should be if it was yeah. never. I can't imagine there has to have existed a jazz club somewhere called the Cat's Pajamas. So Alice says, you know, this piano player couldn't have been Buzz because that guy had hair. <laughs> Can I, if you go back, you know, you get the regular audience laughter. And there's one dude when she drops a slime that just goes, oh, because I don't think anyone expecting this sweet old lady to drop such a sick burn. <laughs> I love these moments because I think nowadays we're so used to hearing audience laughter and we know that half the time it's not real and it's canned. So 
I love these little reminders, especially from back in the day when you hear like a really obnoxious response to something. It just, it makes me smile. Yeah. So just then Tony's pager goes off. He heads out to work and leaves Buzz with Alice. Kids, a pager was like a cell phone, but only for texts and only one way. I was going to say, should we also talk about Joey's tape recorder? Have we not talked about tape recorders before? I thought we talked about tape recorders. I didn't even think of that. Okay, so a cassette. (laughs) Oh, no. No, It's a mini cassette, too. This is too much. No, we have to assume that people know what something is. Google it. It's like an iPod. I can't can't handle it. So Buzz then tries to jog Alice's memory by showing her a calendar that the year is 1991. Again, what we were talking about earlier of like not trying to like shake them out of it. I think Mm -hmm. because Alice is so aware that she knows what she's remembering is not current. Like she knows that she's forgetting stuff. It -hmm. doesn't feel as like aggressive or violent. Like, yeah, it seems pretty okay. Yeah. Also, kids, sometimes checkbooks had calendars in it, which is what he has there (laughs) (laughs) they were usually like the first couple pages yeah yeah so alice says that she wishes she knew what was happening to her but she'll never forget the way that piano player played moon river so buzz then sits down at the piano and starts playing the song and alice says it's just like the man she remembers but only better and they have this sweet moment of the two of them sitting side by side at the piano as Buzz plays Moon River. Look, he cannot be creepy. I know. He's very nice. So uh, in my notes, I've ruined this very sweet scene because I do it very cerebrally. Like I, I type as I'm watching. Yeah. So you can see the note when they drop the cat's pajamas in caps. I put, oh, no, they fucked. And then by the end of this, <laughs> then by the end of the scene, I put, oh, no, they're going to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> i went on a real journey with this scene <laughs> buzz is so sweet he's so I know. sweet in this scene we've never can we just get this buzz all of the time yeah yes. yeah this I, I i loved the direction they took buzz in in this in this mm-hmm. episode i feel like him ha- being super creepy at the beginning made this moment even better yeah yeah we well we can see that like Buzz has the capacity to be a very sweet person. And like half of the stuff he does is just to fuck with Nick because he doesn't like Nick. Like it's not that mm-hmm. he's necessarily an asshole 24 seven. He just likes fucking with Nick. Yeah, true. But he also screws around with his grandkids in an inappropriate way. Sometimes. I don't know. He just seems inappropriate most of the time. Yeah. And I don't know if it was just seeing somebody around his age going through a thing that maybe it like registered something with him. I don't know. But I want I want this characterization more. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I do. I do feel like as the season has gone on, he's gotten better. Mm -hmm. Like they're not sticking with what he was in the first episode we saw him They're They're making him a better human being. Thank God. So, (laughs) so it's the middle of the night. Blossom is asleep, but six is still up staring out the window, waiting for their parents. Blossom wakes up. Six tells her that their parents aren't home yet, but their neighbor is having an affair with the orthodontist. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like there's only one orthodontist in this town because she says the orthodontist as though everybody knows who that is. So six is still upset. There's no reason they had to go all the way to Santa Barbara for a cup of coffee. As Jen told us earlier, and now her mom is probably trapped in a hotel room with a sleazy musician. How dare you call Nick sleazy? I uh, he's, he's Nick is just trying to figure his shit out, man. Yeah. Leave him alone. 
So Six says that everyone is sleazy when they're pumped full of caffeine. So I have to ask the two coffee drinkers here because I do not drink coffee. Are you sleazier when you drink caffeine? <laughs> Man, I'm horny all the time. <laughs> Just constant cups of coffee yep. down the hatch. Caffeine, let's put a little Ooh. bit of cayenne in there. Oh, baby. <laughs> How do I sleep? Uh, oh God. Uh, <laughs> you uh, no, you can't. You can't do this. You asked us. You can't now be embarrassed by us. You chose us as friends. Chose, sure. okay. <laughs> Stuck with us, whatever. <laughs> so so Blossom smugly replies that her dad only drinks decaf, so he can't be sleazy. And Blossom also tells Six <laughs> that she would normally throw her out for the way she's behaving, which fair enough. But since her mouth is clearly moving without her brain, she'll write it off as temporary insanity. Savage. <laughs> yep. So Blossom then tries to calm Six down by saying there are a million reasons why they could be so late. All of them innocent. And what is Six so afraid of anyway? And Six just, Six just gives Blossom this withering stare. She knows exactly <laughs> what she's afraid of. <laughs> yeah. It's sex. It's sex. It's sex. Hot coffee. We're back in the Russo living room. What? What did you say? I missed it. Hot coffee. Hot coffee. <laughs> okay, so we're back um. in the Russo living room. <laughs> Jen just keeps laughing because Eric just keeps taking swigs of coffee. <laughs> Woo! All right. So we're back in the Russo living room. Buzz is hanging out on the couch as Tony gets up back from work. He says Alice is in the kitchen. And Buzz takes this opportunity to ask what will happen to Alice if she can't remember who she is. Tony says they'll send her to county for an evaluation. And then she'll either be put back on the street or sent to a state institution. Yeah. Which is no good. Yeah. Just then, Alice enters with a cup of coffee, humming Moon River. She still can't remember who she is or where she's supposed to be. And they kind of gently push her to remember something. Again, it doesn't feel aggressive or harsh mm -hmm. because she's aware that she needs to, she, she's aware that she doesn't remember. Yeah. Um, so she says that she does remember something. It's an object. And then they play 20 questions trying to figure out what the object is rather yeah. than Alice just telling them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and by the time they guess a specific object, she's already forgotten that she was thinking of an object at all. Mm-hmm. Joey then comes down the stairs. He thanks Alice for helping him with his paper. It saved him a trip to the library. <laughs> and Alice says, you know, Joey reminds her of her grandson. And Buzz and Tony jump on this in the like, mm -hmm. like sweetest, um, like they're not, they're not aggressive about it, but they're like, oh, a grandson. Tell us about your grandson. Yeah. Like yeah. very subtle so that she doesn't almost realize what's yeah. going on. Yeah. yeah you can see in their face, like this is our moment. Yeah. So so they don't freak out. They just calmly ask her where her grandson lives and what his phone number is. And then Alice starts spitting out several phone numbers for him. His home <laughs> and a phone, fax his, number. his home phone, his car phone, his fax number, his boat phone. Kids, a car phone was like a cell phone, but you could only use it. Oh in my the God. <laughs> and boat phones. <laughs> so Buzz then asks what her grandson's name is, but it's gone. She's completely forgotten that she even has a grandson. But that's okay because Tony got the phone number. So he gets through. He has this funny way of asking them if they're missing their grandma where he just says, have you misplaced an older woman? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they have. Yeah. So he gives them their address and her grandson's on the way to pick up Alice. He'll be there in the morning. So Tony tells Alice that he spoke to her grandson, Billy, which is good because Alice hates her grandson, Jack, or maybe it's <laughs> cheese that she hates. She's not sure. <laughs> So it turns out the day before that she got on a bus and 
got confused. And that's, that's a real thing. Um, yeah. As we, as we talked about earlier, Alzheimer's dementia affects people differently and some people wander, um, which mm-hmm. can be very dangerous. Yeah. As we see with Alice here that she's gotten on a bus and gone like to a completely different city. Mm-hmm. So she's going to spend the night at the Russo's. Billy will be there in the morning and we learn that her name is not Alice. It's Elizabeth. And we have another really sweet moment of Buzz. He just holds her hand and tells her that she has a beautiful name. And it's, but it's not the typical Buzz skeezy way. Like, it's really very sweet. No, he's being so nice. Yeah. So it's still the middle of the night. We're back in Blossom's room. Six is still up. Blossom is still trying to sleep, but she can't. So we kind of get to the crux of what's really bothering Six. She asks Blossom, what happens if her parents never get back together? I know. So Six says that her mom should be home miserable because her dad's gone, not out having fun. Her mom, you know, she, in her mind, her mom is supposed to be home being sad and basically Mm -hmm. waiting for her dad to come home. Because if he decides to come home and she's not there, then that's it. They're definitely not getting back together. But like, what is the, like, what's the statute of limitations on like how long you're supposed to be sad after breaking up with someone? You know, it's. Yeah. I mean, so I think. Sharon says it's been three months or six says it's been three months. Like it hasn't been that long and six is 15. So 15 years, all of your life is one way. Like three months is not a lot. It's not a long time at all. Yeah. I'm just thinking like more on like, obviously six is seen this as her mom and dad. So she's going to think a certain way, but like from Sharon's point of view, if you were already in a marriage that felt like it was over for two years how you know like i i don't know i don't think that she should just be sitting at home sad yeah um i think like knowing how long the divorce process takes and like they haven't even filed for divorce like i i would find it odd if she was out dating at three yeah yeah um but i totally understand like sixes feeling like her you know her mom should still be sad and like but also like i i don't think she wants her mom to be sad she's just like no, this is what's supposed to happen because if you're out and dad comes home, then it's your fault that we're not a family anymore, right? Like she's just trying to like make some sense of it and she still has this hope that her dad will come home. So if if people are not behaving in a way that would make reconciliation happen, then they're doing it wrong. Right, okay. This is mindset. Yeah, I know. I'm thinking of it from like the people in the relationship which I know I'm not supposed to for the episode, but no, but that's no, no, but it's, it's, it's a fair thing to think about. I think, yeah. Like if six is 15, we'll say her parents were together. I don't know. Probably 20. Yeah. 20 ish years. Like there's, yeah, there's no reason her mom can go, can't have a life. Yeah. Um, But I wouldn't expect her mom, regardless of kids, I would not respect, respect. I would not (laughs) expect her mom to be, to be over it. Yeah, that's that's still pretty raw. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So Blossom tries to comfort Six, saying that she won't believe it now, but at some point she will stop hoping that her parents will get back together, and she'll she will stop worrying about it altogether. Six admits that Blossom's right, and that she knows nothing is happening between her mom and Nick. Anyways, like she knows logically that there's nothing going on. Mm -hmm. So Blossom says, "You know what? We're not going to sleep anyways. Let's go downstairs." We'll get some cold pizza, eggs, and orange juice, which, what a weird combination. Right? Like, that does not sound appetizing. Pizza and orange juice? No. Ooh. I've I've seen, uh, like, high-end pizza places them putting eggs on pizza, so it, it could be yeah. a thing. Yeah. It's actually really good. But the, it's the orange juice that gets me. Yeah. Hmm. 
don't breakfast know. pizza. I don't know. I don't know. That's weird. I would try it. I would try it. See what happens. Okay. You, you try it and report back to us. I will. <laughs> uh, so it's the next morning. Blossom and Six are asleep at the kitchen table. They've t- clearly just like passed out eating pizza. <laughs> Nick comes home with donuts. He gently wakes up the girls, but Six immediately demands what he did with her mother. <laughs> so he's like, I-, I dropped her off. Like, what are you talking about? And Six is just appalled. How dare he just dump her off after spending the whole night with her? <laughs> Nick has really no idea what's going on. <laughs> like, why is this child attacking me? He's like, no, we we had a nice time. And then I took her home. Well, Six wants to know exactly what he means by nice time. (laughs) And Blossom tries to warn Nick saying, you know, she's been up all night. She's irrational. And based on circumstantial evidence, it doesn't look good for you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Nick puts Six's mind at ease, telling her they flew to Vegas and got married. Wayne Newton was their best man. (laughs) Stigfried and Roy were the maids of honor. And Sharon is still at the craps table. Nick just came home to pick up a roll of quarters. <laughs> Zinger. Obviously, he's joking, but yeah. Six just goes off on him, telling him that he saw her. He saw him hugging her, and they disappeared all night to Santa Barbara, of all places. And she's not buying his attempt to joke his way out of it. She grabs his shoulders, like physically grabs him, and demands <laughs> answers. She pulls a Nick on Nick, and I yeah. loved it. Yeah. <laughs> And so Nick's like, calm down, child. I don't have a crush on your mom. And Six immediately switches gears. Well, how could you not like my mom? She's a catch. Come on. Is she not good enough for you? So Blossom pulls Six off and reminds her that Nick not being interested is good news. This is what you wanted. Mm -hmm. So Nick, you know, calmly explains, you know, your mom is going through a tough time. I know what that's like. So we just we just talked about it. Yeah, that's all. And he promises that he, if he ever does an all night cup of coffee again with with Six's mom, he'll make sure that Six doesn't know. An all night cup uh, of coffee. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Six and Blossom decide it's probably a good thing that they aren't going to be sisters because then they'd be together all the time. And people who are together all the time get on each other's nerves. So instead, they decide they'll go to the library together and then the mall and then have a sleepover at Six's house. <laughs> And that's the end of the episode. Yeah. So let's let's take a look at our outfits of the week. Uh, Eric, what was your outfit? I went with uh, Six's mom's outfit. It was like this patchworky type shirt. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the jeans of the time that were far too high. But, mm-hmm. you know, that was the style. Um, and she had a lovely hairdo. It was just a very 90s outfit. And I thought, yeah, that was cute. yeah. Jen. Um, so I picked Blossom's Prime outfit. I did too. <laughs> I know. I knew you would. Yeah. But I feel like I ragged on Blossom so hard for so long. <laughs> this was so different. They're growing up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Than what we usually see her in. So I'll describe what she was wearing. So she has a yellow t-shirt that are tucked into. They're still like relaxed fit for nowadays. But for her, they're like very fitted jeans. Yeah. And they're covered in like cool patchwork. Um, She's wearing like a burgundy brownish fitted jacket with a cool brooch of what looks like a lady line yeah it looked like a sideways lady oh i thought it was a unicorn <laughs> no it was not a unicorn i think it, it like was a, horse a, or something. a woman lying down with flowy hair yeah, is what i think it was it's a lady lying on her side she's got her one yeah. hand on her hip and her hair is like yeah. flowing out to the side she's wearing like nice little boots with her jeans and her hair is up in this super cute top knot and yeah. i'm just like it was so different than these really weird 
like engulfing outfits we always see her in and it just felt very put together she looked put together without looking 40 which is what we saw (laughs) in season one yes it's definitely not a horse i'm looking at it right now no it's not (laughs) no no i think yeah i think the you can see in the girls fashion that they are like they're growing up Mm -hmm. they're not yeah yeah I really like her hair. It really blossoms hair. Yeah, it's really nice yeah. on her. And yeah, nice- it looks great. Yeah, with the little tendrils by her face, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's mm-hmm. very cute. Um, so lesson of the week. Uh, before we started recording, you guys said that you guys had some. Wait, did you say your outfit? Well, mine was the same as Jen's. Oh, I guess that's cool. <laughs> wow L- literally last week we all picked the same one so that's yeah. true. Fair. come on Fair. so before we started recording you guys said you had a little trouble coming up with your lesson of the week do you guys still feel that way now after we've gone through it again sort of but i have one if you want okay it. yeah i want to hear it i want to hear yours first and then because mine is all based on alice okay. and life is fleeting so make sure you pop some cayenne on it <laughs> yes wow play that moon river baby oh god jen did you come up with one (laughs) she's still laughing wow eric broke me um something about compassion i like i it was one of those weeks i couldn't make it a sentence so just compassion yeah so yeah mine was mm-hmm. treat people with compassion and give them the benefit of the doubt yeah. so we saw that with with alice for sure treating her with a lot of compassion and like not not that they would but like not getting angry that she doesn't know who she is like that would be super weird and we also saw it with nick treating uh six's mom with compassion mm-hmm. and then the give them the benefit of the doubt part is six spiraling and like accusing yeah. nick of being this like sleazy dude trying to just pick up her mom yeah when that's clearly not what that's not what's happening at all you could also add your compassion theme to blossom with six because yeah even mm-hmm. though you know six was spiraling she was always she was still there for the whole yeah time. Well, she said exactly she's she said exactly that of like i'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt and like not kick you out of my house right now because i know that you are dealing with some heavy stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, out of five trips to Santa Barbara, Ooh. Jen, what do you give us? <laughs> are we just talking or are we getting coffee? Oh, God, come on. <laughs> just score the damn episode. <laughs> no, never. That's what this episode is now. Okay, so, in all seriousness, I did score this as a five. Ooh, okay. I usually am not a huge fan of episodes with completely disparate stories. But each one of them was written so well mm-hmm. that I didn't even mind that they had nothing to do with one another. Yeah. They were just both lovely and showed how you can be a good person to people. Mm-hmm. That's always nice. Yeah. Yep. Eric? I gave it a 4.5 purely because of Buzz's grossness at the beginning. But, yeah. you know, he got better. So it's not like a full down to four. Mm-hmm. So I did give it a four out of five. I, I do really like that they're continuing this storyline of Six's parents getting a divorce and that it wasn't like a one-off episode and then they never talk about it again. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I do really enjoy about the series is that there isn't a lot of bottle episodes. Like a lot of it does kind of continue and we see how they deal with it as they get older. Mm-hmm. And I really liked the way they handled the Tony Alice Buzz storyline. 
Um, as we talked about earlier, they they treated Alice like a person and not like a patient, not like mm-hmm. um, a crazy person. And they didn't talk down to her. Yeah. Um, and I especially like that we saw that sweeter side of Buzz. But I I found that a lot of the six Blossom scenes were pretty much the same thing over and over again of six accusing Blossom's dad of doing something nefarious and Blossom trying to talk six down. So I would have liked to see some differentiation in those scenes and not just the same thing over and over again. Yeah, makes sense. But yeah, overall, a pretty good show. I will say one thing about this episode. It has made me look up cayenne and coffee. And (laughs) it is a thing that people do. People have added cardamom or... Mm-hmm. Know, cloves to coffee and cayenne is yeah. one of those things that people have added so now i might actually try that Whoa. tomorrow and i'll let you know oh god i, I don't <laughs> no. want to know i don't know i i didn't mean i don't i won't tell you what happens i meant i'll <laughs> let you know if it tastes good yeah i mean like like the weird part of it aside like it, it did become a thing of people getting spicy chocolate right like that was a huge trend for a while yeah right like chocolate with chili flakes on it and stuff yeah, like that became yeah. so cayenne in coffee is like a spice thing kind of like flavor wise tracks yeah yeah gives that hot chocolate that hot coffee some flavor flavor Mm. flavor. Mm. (laughs) spicy well on that note thanks for coming to talk with me today i guess Uh, (laughs) next week we're watching season two episode 12 this old house thanks for listening out there um We'll see you later, <laughs> Eric. Please don't get back to us on how that coffee and cayenne goes. Bye. 100%. I'm going to tell Bye. you. 100%. I'm telling you. Thanks for listening to In My Opinionation. Don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at I Am Opinionation, our website at IamOpinionation.com, or email us at OpinionationPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your opinionation about this or any future episodes. New episodes come out every Tuesday. Thanks again for listening, and until next week, the sun is going to surely shine.